Salutations, Creation Nation. It is N.M. Porterfield, your favorite author, with another episode of Storytime. Now, I typically drop my episodes on Sundays, but I decided to break up the monotony a little bit and give you kind of like a midweek break. So I wanted to do something on the NFL. Uh, There's a lot going on. There's a lot of different stories in the NFL about different teams, different players, a lot of things that are pretty interesting this year. And if you don't watch football, I suggest you start because there's a lot of interesting stuff there. But, you know, I understand not everyone's into sports. That's cool. I am. I am an avid football fan. I am a 49ers fan. Bang, bang, Niner gang. Y'all know what it is. And uh, yes. But uh, aside from that, I'm going to give my impartial critique of each team, how they perform this year. Their protagonist for each team, the antagonist for each team, the plot and overall story that each team had to deal with, the, the obstacles they had to overcome and things like that. So I'm going to try and keep this podcast kind of quick because it's 32 teams I got to discuss. So I'm going to try and fly through everybody as quick as possible. Uh, but I thought this would be something different, something interesting, and other people asked for it. So I said I would do it. So uh, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Storytime. One of the greatest joys I have in this life is storytelling. Whether it's superpowered teenagers, high-paid assassins, or ancient demon hunters, I am driven by the process of telling compelling stories that engage and entertain people. My hope is that through these tales, I can inspire others to attain to heights in their own creativity, to tell the stories of others through my lens and bring a smile to the faces of other individuals. Now you have a chance to be a part of my story, by subscribing to my Patreon and helping me to grow my writing and my publishing company to the next level. With your support, I'll be able to create new content for you like podcasts, audiobooks, and more. To get started, just sign up at patreon.com slash your favorite author. What's going on, world? Once again, it is your favorite author, N.M. Porterfield. And if you are creative for yourself and you're looking for an outlet to get your content or your voice out, then you need to check out Anchor.fm. I've been using it for over a year now, and I love it. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain a few things. First of all, it's completely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. I actually do a lot of my stuff on the go. And then Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it basically gives you everything you need to make a great podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. So the way I'm going to do this is I'm going to break it down by divisions. That way it's kind of easy to keep track of the team. So I'm going to start with the AFC North, which consists of the Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to start with the the sob story, the number one draft pick for 2020 first, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the protagonist of that season, uh, of that team, there there is really no protagonist. The team was just terrible all around. Uh, there were... <laughs> 
The offensive line was banged up. Andy Dalton couldn't get anything going. They were passing like 40 times, 50 times a game. Uh, A.J. Green remained hurt the entire season. Uh, They never played him. Joe Mixon really didn't get utilized until halfway through the season when it was kind of already over. They benched Dalton, then they started him again. Um, I can say that probably going into the next uh, season, Dalton will probably be somewhere else. I've actually heard a rumor that Bill Belichick is looking at getting him for as a replacement for Tom Brady, which I'm not too upset about. I think that's actually not a bad choice. Uh, but that's the Cincinnati Bengals. They got the number one draft pick. They're most likely going to go for Burroughs, um, which he just had an amazing game. Probably had the best college career of any quarterback of all time. 60 touchdowns, Heisman winner, national game winner, and six touchdowns in that game was pretty, uh, pretty epic. So... He definitely sealed his spot as the number one overall draft pick uh, on Monday night. Next, we have the Cleveland Browns. Now, the Cleveland Browns. All right. So first, we're going to start with the antagonists. And I know a lot of people are going to think like, oh, Odell, because that's what the media would portray. But Odell Beckham Jr. um, is a competitor. I'm tired of seeing the narrative where people are like, Odell is a problem. Odell's not a problem. Odell wants to win. He gets frustrated when his team is not winning. He's been on two teams where they were not winning. And he's probably one of the best receivers in the NFL. And we all know that. We've seen the talent. We've seen his skill. He can run routes. He can catch anything. He can catch with two fingertips. So he's not the antagonist. The antagonist for for this team was actually Baker Mayfield. Um, He came into the league with too much attention. Um, I don't know if you guys saw all the endorsements and commercials he had this season was ridiculous amount but uh he had like commercials all over the place all this money they threw at him um he had the opportunity to build on what he did last year and he actually performed worse this year um he was top three in interceptions in the nfl um which was bad because he has two of the best receivers in the NFL, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. So made absolutely no sense for him to be that bad. Um, and part of that is not necessarily his fault because he is relatively still, a, you know, he's, might as well say he's still a rookie. He's a relatively young quarterback. Um, the other antagonist of the team was Freddie Kitchens. And it's not to his fault. It's, it's just the fact that he was not the guy to take this team far. He was not the guy that would have helped this team win. Um, the, the two bright sides of the, well, I, I would say there are a few bright sides of the team. Um, you know, Jarvis Landry as a receiver started to flourish. Um, you know, he did well last year he's good, and he did pretty well this year. It took him a while for him and Baker to find a rhythm, but he ended up doing well this year. Uh, Nick Chubb was one of the best running backs in the NFL this year. Um, that was a bright spot as well. Um, but the, probably the most, <laughs> the the biggest story that that floated around the Cleveland Browns was the Miles Garrett Mason Rudolph fight. So um, I don't know whether Mason said the M word or not. I don't know whether you know what sparked it. I could tell that uh, one Mason was not trying to de-escalate the situation. Uh, Miles was walking away. I don't know what drove it to that point. I don't think he should be suspended indefinitely. Um, I know they ended him for the season, but. You know, that's the NFL's call. It's not mine. But uh, overall, that probably hurt uh, the Browns as well. And uh, I was I was glad to see the team stood by him and supported him. But 
Um, yeah, you can't go around knocking people in the head with a helmet. That's a weapon. And you, I don't know if you know, Miles Garrett is probably one of the biggest human beings on a football field whenever he steps on it. So, yeah, you don't want that guy swinging a club at you uh, full force. Uh, the next team I'm going to talk about, just hop straight to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. So, the protagonist, the hero of this team is Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, by far, uh, if it wasn't for me saying Kyle Shanahan should be the coach of the year, uh, I would definitely nod my head to Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin took scraps. He literally took a team that was nothing. I mean, second game of the season, Big, Big Ben is hurt. Um, lost Le'Veon Bell this season. Lost Antonio Brown this season. Uh, James Conner was hurt six out of the ten games that he played this season. Um, had went to down to his third string quarterback when Mason Rudolph went out with a concussion uh, one in uh, week, I want to say seven, week seven or eight. Um, so was winning games with Devlin Hodges, his third string quarterback. Uh, Mike Tomlin is an amazing coach, and I don't think a lot of people realize how good he is. Um, he has had that team with a winning record basically every year that he's coached. Um, yes, he did inherit you know, some, some powerful pieces, but at the same time, if you got tools and don't know how to use them, you're not going to be effective. Mike Tomlin knows how to win games. He knows football. That man is an amazing coach and they need to give him his props. He's definitely gonna be a hall of fame coach one day. Um, the downsides Mason Rudolph. Um, I'm not even sure if he's going to be the quarterback of the future because they still got Big Ben for two more years. They may go with Devlin Hodges. They may end up drafting drafting in a couple years. You never know. But right now, uh, I don't know, man. It's, I just don't think he's that guy. I, I don't think that Mason is the guy. Uh, Juju was a little bit disappointing this year. Juju Smith-Schuster was the guy that I thought for sure was going to be uh, a breakout this year because he was a breakout before, but it looks like without Antonio Brown lining up on the other side of him, he can't fight off those double teams. So he was wildly ineffective. The run game was wildly ineffective as well. Um, they rotated between three, sometimes four different running backs. Um, they just didn't have a lot going yet. The defense was pretty good, but other than that, um, they didn't have a lot going for him, and they still managed to win a, a solid, respectable amount of games. So uh, hats off to Mike Tomlin and to the Steelers. Uh, for the last in the AFC North, uh, we got to talk about the team that had the number one record in the regular season, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and this is a story that um, probably dominated the, the media for a lot of the year. A lot of the season was Lamar Jackson. Uh, Action Jackson, big trust, whoop, whoop. So <laughs> Lamar Jackson, uh, first of all, a lot of people didn't believe that Lamar Jackson was going to be able to be effective in the NFL. They they were saying, oh, he's just a running back who happens to throw. Like, he's not going to be a good quarterback. Uh, he won't be able to do what the quarterback does, which is pass the football. Um, as if he were, like, going to say, yeah, I'm going to spit on that. Lamar Jackson led the NFL in passing touchdowns. Uh, not only that, he broke Michael Vick's record for rushing yards for a quarterback. So um, purely unstoppable as an individual. One-on-one uh, -on -one player, he is just too – you can't scheme against him. You can't plan for him. You can't stop. Like, Lamar Jackson is a one-man army. 
Um, that is a, a gift and a curse, though, however, because if that one man army is the only one who shows up to play, then it's 11 against one. And that's exactly what happened in the playoff game. So, uh, you know, they had to overcome the doubters and the haters all year long. That was the story. Lamar Jackson, can he do it? Can he sustain? And he did. He led his team to uh, be the number one overall team in the NFL, the number one uh, seed in the AFC. Um, but when they got to the playoff games, and and I can't put it on Lamar, even though he is the quarterback, and and he you know he wasn't perfect either. But when you throw for 360 yards and you rush for 140, you by yourself are responsible for 500 yards of offense, and your receivers are dropping passes, and your coaches aren't calling the right plays. Like I can't put that all on you. So um, Lamar definitely will have they'll have a a good foundation for next year. Um, unfortunately, they just weren't able to do it in, in against a tough Titans team, which I'm going to talk about soon. Um, they got Mark Ingram. They got Mark Andrews, both really solid players. Um, they got a great defense. They got some a great foundation to build on. And then Lamar Jackson, of course, as a, as a player, is just really uh, hard to stop. He's really hard to game against. So um, with that, you know, that's what they got to look forward to. But definitely was exciting football i love watching them play and i look forward to seeing them play some more next year The next division I'm going to talk about is the AFC East. Now, that's the Buffalo Bills, New England Patriots, Miami Dolphins, and the New York Jets. So starting with the Jets, um, that was a team that coming into the year, I thought for sure um, they were going to have a little more to offer, especially picking up Le'Veon Bell. Um, Now, me, I I used to play running back and linebacker. I've never really been a fan of Le'Veon Bell's um, running style. Um, I don't really like the patient wait for a hole to open up running style. Like I prefer a downhill, like physical back, like Derrick Henry, Adrian Peterson, like those types of guys. Um, but respect to what Le'Veon Bell did in the past, you know, 1,200 plus yards almost every season with the Steelers. Um, and then he gets to the Jets and he only does like 700 yards. Now, Part of that is because the coach underused him. And I think that there's some beef there that they're trying to downplay, but it exists. Like, obviously, he's not getting the ball as much as he should. Um, Sam Darnold as a quarterback is is mid-range. He's either going to be good or bad. Um, there's nothing really exciting about the team. They don't have any fire. They don't have any players that really make you say, oh, like other than a couple of pieces on the defense. Um, it's just not an exciting team. And, and their their season ended uh, the way I expected for a team that, you know, the coach really couldn't get the, t- the players to, to do what they needed. To do. I mean, they, they won some games that you wouldn't expect, like they beat the Cowboys, but I'm going to talk about them in a little bit. Um, you know, but overall, I just didn't think the team uh, was that great and, and their season showed it. Uh, there's nothing... Uh, to be excited about for them, they really need to kind of buckle down and find their identity and then come back next season excited, fired up, and ready to play football. Um, the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins, everyone thought for sure they were just tanking for the number one draft spot. Uh, 
their first few weeks, they were like trading off like key pieces left and right. Like they sent off uh, Tunstall, the offensive lineman. They sent off Kenny Stills, one of their better receivers. Um, I mean, last they sent off uh, Kenyon Drake. Um, you know, last season they got rid of uh, uh, on the off season they got rid of Tannehill. Um, season before that or uh, two seasons ago they got rid of Jay Ajayi and so it's like you know I thought they were going through like a serious deconstruction of the team and then all of a sudden they just started playing like they were trying to win so I think they ended up with like four or five wins Ryan Fitzpatrick or Ryan Fitzmagic uh, somehow just you know loves to to throw the ball he's a gunslinger so he's going to get some things going there Um, things to be excited about they actually have some young talent to look forward to. Uh, some of the receivers, um, you know, I'm not really sure about the running back situation, but their defense, uh, they got a few pieces that that are, are going to be nice to build around. And then, of course, with their high draft pick, they're more than likely uh, going to end up with Tua. That's who I think they're going to get because um, I expect Joe Burrows to go uh, number one overall. And I think that they will go for a quarterback unless somebody trades to get above them. Uh, the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are a team that really made it off the strength of a strong defense and a dynamic quarterback. Um, Josh Allen is not a great passer. He's not even a great runner. He's just a guy who, when things get hairy, he knows how to make a play. And sometimes you need that. Um, but you also need some consistent, some consistent playmakers at other positions. Um you know, Cole Beasley is a good receiver, but with the quarterback that you have, you don't ever know what you're going to get. So, um, you know, Cole Beasley could have a game where he puts up some some good yards, some good receptions, and he could have a game where it's like a dud. John Brown is the same thing. He's a speedster on the outside. He can either, you know, get you a bunch of yards and some touchdowns, or he can, you know, hit a goose egg on you. I did not expect them to win their playoff game. Just because of the fact that Josh Allen himself is not um, is not a guy who I would trust to win a game for a team. Like I said, he's a dynamic playmaker. Um, he's decent at the quarterback position. Not great, not awful. He's just decent. He's he's a working piece, but he's not the guy that you know. You're down in the fourth quarter and you need to come back. You need. An additional, you know, few points just to take the lead so you can win the game. I don't believe he's the guy that can get that done. He's not accurate enough. Um, he's got a rocket for an arm. He can launch it, but I don't I don't think he's accurate enough to get the job done. And then the last team in NFC AFC East, excuse me, is the New England Patriots. So this team, first of all, they got Brady, which, you know, whether you, you know, are a Patriots fan or not, you cannot discount the fact that that man has six Super Bowl rings. He is, you know, by all standards, the greatest quarterback of all time. You know, you can disagree with me. That's fine. Um, You know, I am not a fan of Brady. Uh, I think he's very system oriented. But at the same time, you can't discount rings. You can't discount championships. And that Atlanta uh, Super Bowl where they fought back and won is probably one of the greatest Super Bowls I've ever seen. So, you can't discount skills, right? When the when the season started, the New England Patriots looked to be one of the deadliest teams in the NFL. They had Josh Gordon. They had Demarius Thomas. They had Antonio Brown. They had Julian Edelman. 
They had all these pass catchers. And then halfway, not even halfway through the season, by the third or fourth game, it was like all of those guys were gone. The only thing he had was Julian Edelman. A bunch of rookies, a bunch of of banged up players. He could not get anything going on offense. And so the run game was not what it needed to be. Um, If it was not for the defense and their weak schedule, because the Patriots do have a very weak schedule, um, and that is why they make the postseason so often. But I think next year uh, we will see something different. Uh, But because of that, they were able to get a lot of wins early on. And then their defense, really the the high point of this team is Stephon Gilmore. Um, He is one of, if not the best corner in the NFL. Um, His his knowledge of the game is is insane. Um, Watching him, you know, defend the pass is is amazing. So um, he is the high point of the team. Um, also, even though Brady, like we could tell that Brady was having a down year based off the stats, based off everything, but still threw for 4,000 yards, still won 12 games. Like you got to give respect where respect is due, even though, you know, his game wins may not have been based off of his work alone. It may have been heavily reliant upon a defense. Um, you can't not what you see, like, you know, it is what it is. The Patriots, um, as long as they're under Bill Belichick, they are still a team that needs to be respected by anybody in the NFL. Moving right along, we have the AFC West. So this division, this was another division where the top team in the division and the bottom teams in the division had a wide range. Like, uh, it it wasn't really close at all. Um, So first, let's start with the the Denver Broncos. There's not much to say about the Denver Broncos. Uh, You know, they had Joe Flacco. Uh, They brought him in kind of as a transition quarterback. Like it was obvious he wasn't going to be their quarterback of the future. He's been in the league for a while. Um, You know, the team really didn't need him other than to help transition for Drew Locke, who is the rookie quarterback. Uh, Drew Locke got hurt in the preseason. So Joe ended up playing a lot more than expected. And the team just never really got going like they should have. Um, they had some talented pieces with like Cortland Sutton. Um, they ended up trading away uh, Emmanuel Sanders to the 49ers. Um, but overall, I mean, they didn't have much to be excited about either. Like the two running backs, Royce Freeman and um, and Philip Lindsay were, were decent. They were mid-range. They weren't great, but they weren't awful. But they're split in the backfield. And then, you know, the defense took some injuries that you know cost them they probably could have gone further with their schedule um had they not had those injuries um had drew lock played the whole season um but it is what it is it's the nature of the beast sometimes uh it happens in football that way so um they weren't great but i think that they'll be a lot better next year i actually would expect a lot of things from drew lock um going forward Derek carr um so the Raiders, they started off with controversy because they started off with Antonio Brown, who has, man, I, I don't understand how someone can be so self-destructive to their own 
career. Like, you know, Antonio Brown's one of the best receivers we've seen in a while, in a long time. Um, easily one of the top receivers in the league if he was healthy. But, you know, he came in, he started the season off. And first, the first thing was he had got frostbite on his feet. And then uh, the next thing was he was like, I'm not playing because my helmet don't fit. And so, you know, I was talking with a friend of mine and we were we were joking because uh, we said Antonio Brown went out the first day of practice. Right. Looked at Derek Carr throwing the ball, looked at the receiver, other receivers. And he was like, you know what? I don't want to play for this team no more. My feet hurt. My helmet don't fit. I can't play. And, <laughs> and it was like, nah, I'm not I'm not doing this. So. Um, you know, it was a joke at first, but then it seemed like that was the case because when he got traded, he, he basically did a bunch of crazy stuff to get himself traded, you know, and to the New England Patriots. So we were like, oh, snap, like maybe he did plan this. But then it turns out, no, he's he's just got issues. So, you know, that was the story starting things off. And then it was like, you know, with Gruden, you know, and the hard knocks, they were on the hard knocks and all that. And this was supposed to be their season. And. You know, they're supposed to come back. Derek Carr is supposed to try and return to where he was a couple years ago. And um, none of that happened. You know, they weren't a good team. They they weren't a bad team. They weren't a good team. They were just average. And, um, you know, there was, there was a couple bright sides. Like, they got one of the better tight ends in the NFL out of Darren Waller, um, a guy who had been uh, released from previous teams. I think he was on the, the Ravens before. Um, you know, for substance abuse, he came back this year and was balling out. It's a great pickup for fantasy if if anybody in here plays fantasy. Um, Hunter Renfro was a, was a dependable receiver um, to have, but um, and then Josh Jacobs, the rookie running back, came out had a great season for his for his debut season. Um, you know, he had some some weird skin thing that popped up on him, but otherwise he had a good season. Um, but Derek Carr, I don't know if Derek Carr is still shook from his back injury or what. Um, he's just not, he, he didn't seem to be locked in. Like, you know, some quarterbacks, like when, when the game's on the line, you're like, you're locked in. It's time to, it's time to turn up. It's time to win a game. Right. I don't see that. I don't get that from Derek Carr. And so I don't know if he's their guy going forward, but, um, he definitely wasn't their guy this year because they were not good. They just weren't good. Um, the next team is the Chargers. Um, another team that had some controversy because Melvin Gordon at the beginning of the season decided he wanted to sit out. Um, I guess they thought they were going to try and follow in, you know, Le'Veon Bell's footsteps. Um, Ezekiel Elliott did the same thing, but Zeke got paid and Melvin did not. In fact, the way they did Melvin was kind of dirty. They basically told him, I'm good, love and joy. They let that man sit out, and it was like, we ain't going to discuss this till after the season. We'll talk when I'm ready to talk, which I, I can't blame him for because you got two other running backs in Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson who are just as good, if you know, and in some cases better. Like, you know, Austin Eckler could very easily carry the weight of being the sole or primary running back uh, for the Chargers. Uh, you got Keenan Allen, who is – a phenomenal receiver. You got Hunter Henry, who is a great tight end. Uh, the sad story about the Chargers is Phillip Rivers. Um, this is the worst season I've ever seen Phillip Rivers have. Um, he looked terrible. He looked like this was his last season playing football. 
Um, I hate to see that because he has been in the league for so long and he's going to end up being one of those guys that's like always was good, always was one of the best in the league, you know, when he was playing and never won anything substantial. Like I, this just looked like a curtain call season for him. I can't see the chargers not drafting a quarterback, especially with them having the number six overall draft pick. It just, it makes perfect sense um, for them to, to go after a quarterback. Um, I would suggest that they try and trade up to get Tua and then try and get Brady on a trade as well. So let trade, uh, Brady be the transition quarterback while Tua heals up and then let him learn from the GOAT, you know. But that's me. That's my thoughts on the situation. Then the last team in the AFC West is the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, uh, they came into the season as the Legion of Zoom. Uh you know, they were they were bragging about having the fastest receiver, the fastest overall team in the NFL. And on paper, they do. Um, but that's it. They're just fast. Um, their defense was not good. Their offensive line was not great. Um, and so a lot of teams were were closer or were, you know, closer to beating them or beating them. Um, than you would have thought should have happened from the previous year's NFL MVP. Um, that being said, it's still Patrick Mahomes. Now, he did miss a few games, uh, and they had to bring up a backup quarterback who, at the time, I think he was coaching high school football. They had to bring him out of retirement to, to go uh, cover them while Pat was out. But, you know, still Pat Mahomes. And, you know, as he showed in the, the t- uh, Texans game, uh, he has the ability to score at will. I mean, that the team itself is just really high-powered offense. It's hard to stop. Um, the receivers are going to get open. The, the tight end, Travis Kels, is going to get open. Um, they don't have much of a run game. But when you have receivers as talented as those guys, you really don't need much of a run game. Like, you know, you're going to throw it over top. When Whenever you have a quarterback have four touchdowns in one quarter, something is something is up. Um Whenever you have a, a team put up 51 points unanswered, uh, something is up. So they have the, the the Tennessee Titans coming up on Sunday. And um, I think it's going to be interesting because they're both high-powered offenses, but on different sides of the ball. Like, um, Well, not different sides of the ball, but um, one is a high-powered passing team and one is a high-powered run team. Um, the Tennessee Titans are going to probably run all over Kansas City just because their defense isn't that great. Uh, however, the Chiefs, you got Pat Mahomes, you got Mecole Hardman, you got Travis Kels, you got Tyreek Hill, who's going to beat anybody over top. You got Demarcus Robinson, you got Sammy Watkins. Like, you got all these guys who run like four, five or better. You know, they're going to get open. You know, somebody's going to get open. So I think this weekend will probably be a high-scoring game. Um think there's going to be a lot of points, very little defense. But um, overall, I expect the Chiefs to make it to the Super Bowl. I really think – I don't think that the Titans have enough on offense to be able to keep up with the Chiefs. Um, and I don't think they have enough on defense to stop them. I think they're going to rely on Derrick Henry, which is fine, but they're going to burn the clock and burn their opportunities as well. So – Overall, I see the Chiefs hitting the Super Bowl. That's my prediction. I'm putting it out there now. Chiefs in the Super Bowl for the AFC.
And the last division that we're going to talk about is the AFC South. So that is the Tennessee Titans, the Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Houston Texans. So starting with the Jags, uh, I don't know what has happened with this team over the past couple years. Um, seems like their defense isn't getting it together. They fired Doug Marone. Then they said they were bringing Doug Marone back. Um, they drafted Nick Foles thinking he would be a difference maker, broke his collarbone in, in game one. And then they played majority of the season with Gardner Minshew, which he became famous for his his uh, mustache, um, you know, Minshew mania and all that. Um, they have a lot of bright spots. Leonard Fournette had an amazing season. Uh, DJ Shark is a great receiver. Um, the other receivers did well as as well, but they just didn't win games. Um, and so when when you look at that, um, you look at there's got to be a coaching issue, which is why I figured that uh, Marone would definitely be gone. But it seems like they're going to bring him back. And I'm wondering if it's because they want to give him a chance to get, uh, you know, Gardner Minshew going the way he should be. Sometimes when you throw rookie quarterbacks into the fire, they, you know, they can either adjust and do well. Some quarterbacks thrive in in situations, some kind of fizzle out. Um, Gardner seemed like he was going to be the guy to thrive, and then he kind of fizzled out towards the end. So, um that being said, they have a lot of, of good things to build on. I actually think that next year they'll be very competitive. Um, the Indianapolis Colts, for a team that play – so first of all, beginning of the season, like second preseason game, Andrew Luck is like, yeah, I quit. I retire, um, which nobody expected. Um, <laughs> funny thing from our fantasy league, uh, this guy had just drafted Andrew Luck, and then he announced he retired like five minutes later. It was hilarious. But – um, threw the whole team for the loop, but Jacoby Brissett came in and, you know, he, he was his backup before when, when luck was hurt and, you know, he didn't have an offensive line. Then he had an offensive line in the run game this year. Um, T Y Hilton stayed hurt as always. Um, I don't know what's up with that guy. It's like Mr. Glass, but overall they didn't have a bad season. Um, you know, respectable season for being thrown into a situation you weren't expecting, um, you had some injuries. Uh, Marlon Mack definitely was a upside for the team. Um, he's, he's great uh, to have. You got two stellar tight ends and Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron. Um, and the defense wasn't horrible. It wasn't horrendous. Um, it's just whether or not Jacoby is going to be their quarterback of the future. Um, he won quite a few games. And for a while, the Colts were leading their division. Um the AFC South was a lot more competitive than a lot of the other divisions in football. Usually it's like too good and too bad. Um, this division had three good and one that was just okay. Um, and the Colts were a good team. Um, they just didn't win enough games where it mattered and they ended up not getting a playoff spot because of it. Um, the Houston Texans. So, uh, Deshaun Watson is a miracle worker. That guy, like when they said he was Michael Jordan on the football field, I can understand why. Um, he is pulling off passes. He is running in plays. It's like there's no way he's going to get that first down. Oh, he made a way. He found a way. Um, he's a great passer, dynamic quarterback, uh, great leader. The team believes in him. The coach believes in him. Um, Bill O'Brien uh, is, is all in on him. Uh, the league is all in on him. Um, definitely one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL right now. 
Um, he has one of the best receivers uh, in his set. He actually has one of the best receiving cores, um, if you really think about it. Uh, other than DeAndre Hopkins, he has Kenny Stills and he has Will Fuller. Will Fuller gets hurt every year, so I don't know if you really want to count him. Um, but then you also have Kiki Cutie, who is also a good receiver. So um, they've got a lot of great things. And then they picked up Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson in the offseason um, when uh, their uh, running back got hurt. And so Carlos Hyde had his first 1,000-yard season ever. Um, big respect to him. He used to be a 49er. Um, you know, I like Carlos Hyde. Uh, when he's healthy, he's a good running back. And Duke Johnson is a great compliment for him. Um, as far as getting that that burn, um, that being said, um, you know they they had some issues on defense. They couldn't stop teams from scoring. They were basically kind of like the Chiefs, where they were just outscoring teams. Um, uh, JJ Watt ended up getting hurt, um, which put a hamper on the defense. They traded away Jadavion Clowney, which I still don't understand. I know they they got Tunstall, you know, some offensive line help, which um, after that first game, I guess it does make sense because uh, Deshaun Watson was getting banged around so much that, you know, you question whether or not he was going to make it to the end of the season. Like he was getting beat up um, and, and it wasn't even that. Um, you know, he wasn't trying to be careful. You know, he's trying to win games out here, but at the same time, like your quarterback gets beat up, like your season goes away. So they definitely needed to protect them. I guess I can understand that, but Jadavion Clowney is a huge difference maker. Um, when I go to the NFC podcast or NFC uh, episode, I'm going to talk about, um, you know, the change that he brought to Seattle. Um, but, you know, all in all, the Texans are, are a good team. They made it to the playoffs. Um, they they won, uh, excuse me. Yes, they won the AFC South. Um, the Titans were the sixth seed, I believe. And and that's the team that surprised everybody. So um, the Tennessee Titans started with Marcus Mariota. Uh, I don't expect Mariota to be a Titan next year. I think that's definitely going to be uh, a change. I think he's a free agent because he came in with Jameis Winston at least Jameis Winston um, on his being trash led the league and in, in touchdown, uh, excuse me, not touchdowns, but passing yards um, and was number three, two or three in, in touchdowns. So, um, you know, even though he was trash overall with all the interceptions, um, you know, he had the touchdowns and the yardage to match. Uh, but Mariota did not have that. He did not look good at all at any point during the season. There was no game where uh, I felt like Mariota had secured a job for himself. And so, especially in a contract year, it's very important. Um, With the pieces he had around him, it made no sense for him to not be good. You have Derrick Henry, uh, the NFL's rushing leader, who is a monster running back. He's bigger than everybody. He gets going full speed. You're not going to take him down with one hit. You can't solo tackle him. Like, he's a beast. You got A.J. Brown, who, um, you know, was recovering from an injury in the offseason or in the preseason, excuse me. Uh, once he started getting his footing, he was he was going off. You had, um, you know, you got other guys like uh, Corey Davis and, and, and other receivers. And then the defense was respectable. Defense was pretty good. Um, but Tannehill wasn't getting it done. So, I mean, excuse me, not Tannehill, but Mariota wasn't getting it done. So they go with Tannehill, who had just been traded, 
And it's like a perfect pairing. Like Tannehill comes in and he starts lighting it up and he starts winning games. And all of a sudden the Titans are not only just winning games, now they're heading to the AFC championship. And so um, Tannehill as a quarterback, um, I didn't think he was bad at Miami. He just wasn't doing enough to win. Like I said, when you're in a division where you always got to go against the Patriots, it's going to be hard for you to make the postseason every year. So when you look at Tannehill now, it's like he's in a situation where he's winning games. He's in the AFC championship for his first time ever. Um, and he's playing well, like he's playing relatively well. Um, I'm excited for him. I think he's I think he secured a job for himself. I think he'll be starting for ten, uh, Tennessee next year. Um, do I think that they are going to win on Sunday? I do not. Um, I don't think that he is going to be able to match what the tight, uh, what the chiefs do on offense. Um, I think it's going to take the combined effort of Tannehill and Henry to be able to overcome the offensive power of the Kansas city chiefs. That being said, um, anything is possible. It's the game of football. I mean, Tannehill could go up there and light it up for 350 yards and then Henry could rush for 150 and, and they could dominate the game. Um, anything is possible. But my prediction, my gut says that it's going to be the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They are going to beat the Titans. And I feel like it's going to be by uh, at least 10 points. So um, that's that's it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop with the AFC. I'm going to stop there with just the AFC. And I'm going to come back tomorrow with the NFC and my thoughts on uh, that conference and, and every team there. Uh, we're going to talk about my Niners uh, in that podcast. But um, once again, I want to thank you all for continuing to support um, my podcast. Um, definitely listen in. This only benefits me every time you listen, um, every time you share, every time you tell someone else to listen and check it out. It only benefits me and it helps me grow my platform. So uh, definitely continue to support. Definitely continue to check me out. And I thank you once again for coming in for another episode of Storytime.